I'm just going to give you advice from a guy who's made a lot of money on very boring companies. When I lost my dream job, I knew then I was never going to work for anybody long-term. I, I would definitely going to do something that I owned. Unless you're coming up with Google or Hulu, 99.9% .9 of businesses, the names should tell what you do. I'll tell you what high demand is. If you walked into a lunch crowd at a restaurant, 50% of the people would buy what you have. I want to name that when they hear it, they're like, okay, I know exactly what he does. I want a tagline that makes them buy from me. And when I say I've made a lot of money, I have made a lot, a lot, a lot of money with a handyman company that, you know, it's an eight figure company. Now you know why they pay me the big money and your audience gets to me for free. I'm a faith-based guy audience. Let me tell you, everything is an entrepreneur. We create all the jobs. We create the change. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a man that I've become dear friends with in a very short period of time. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a best-selling author, and he is a kick-ass podcaster. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only the legendary Sean Castrina. Welcome to the show, Sean. Great to be on the show, Nikki. Good to have you here, my brother. So, brother. It's hard to beat that intro. When I said hello, I'm like, oh, geez, I, I didn't sound quite like he did. <laughs> there you go, bro. There you go. That's one of the things we're known for on the show is I'm the Bruce Buffer of the podcast world, if you know who he I, is. I noticed that. I'm like, I don't know what, I, I need to come on and be Conor McGregor next. <laughs> There you go, brother. There you go. So, so listen, the folks who listen to this show, they're entrepreneurs. These are the men and women who I think are society's heroes. They're the ones who got the, uh, the courage to dream, the um, tenacity to stick with the dream, uh, and the, the stick-to-itiveness to follow through and make it come true. They create all the jobs. They create all the innovation that our world sees. And yet, you know, we've got dark forces in our world that crap all over the entrepreneur and say they're selfish, they're bad, they're this and that. We're the antidote to that. We're the ones that basically see them for the greatness that they are. And the reason they listen to this show is because they know that, they know we got their backs and they want to learn. They want to learn not from me because they hear from me every week. They want to learn from you. They want to know what you're uh, all about and before they can truly open themselves to you, they got to get to know you, man. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Sean Castrino? Well, let's let's see how great I am after this intro. Okay, I, I, I had, you know, I, I was, I figured I'd be an employee, if you can imagine. I was a Division One college athlete, but I was competitive. So I, I took, I had what I thought was a dream job in the D.C. area after college graduation. And I thought, you know, I would just work my way up, be a CEO and, and eventually just make lots of money. 
had really never thought about the entrepreneurial thing. I didn't even know what that word was. And that's been a really cool word the last decade. Prior to that, it was business owner, you know, basically an entrepreneur now is just such a vogue, you know, great word to use. But I, when I lost my dream job, I knew then I was never going to work for anybody long-term. I, I would definitely going to do something that I owned and sold insurance for a few months. And while I did that, I, I started, you know, putting, you know, putting stuff together, some plans. And I started, which was funny because I, it's fit my business model for the last 30 years. I started an auto detailing company, which is funny. Listen, I've never cleaned a car in my life. I'm literally, I am the laziest physical human being you've ever met. I've mowed my grass once been married 32 years, mowed my grass one time. I don't like physical labor, but I was sitting in a sales meeting and I looking at everybody's really nice cars, insurance is the first time I was around millionaires. You know, that is one occupation where everybody really makes a lot of money. And I was like, it'd be great if I got my car clean while I'm in this two hour meeting and I'm bored to death. And at the time, this is before, you know, a car deal, you know, a car wash every 600 yards. But at the time it wasn't, you know, normally they'd pick your car up, take it to their shop and they'd have it for like a whole day. It was, you know, a grand ensemble to get a really nice detail. And so when they did this, I, I was like, what, what, how can I pull this off? Like create a company where we come to like law offices and come to these, you know, expensive businesses like that, you know, and I just sat there and like, okay, we need water, water in the vans. We need vans, we need this, we need that. And I started a company called Wax Master Mobile D. And, and this is the business model that I've used for 30 years. I just want to go through it. Unless you're coming up with Google, Google or Hulu, 99.9% .9 of businesses, the names should tell what you do. We try to get so cute and it was, you know, Wax Master Mobile Detailing, tagline, America's Choice in Mobile Detailing, always brag if you can. And that business model, I made over $35,000 that year. I never cleaned anything. All I did is create the advertising and the, the structure when people, you know, so I, you know, we took a really bold position and it worked out really, really well. And I have rinsed and repeated that formula, you know, for the last 30 years. Wow. So your name should say what you do. Why is that important? I think sometimes we, we try to get too, we try to get too complicated. We, we try to come up with really cute names and then we have to market the name to say what it is we do. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, a really hard thing, you know, to, you know, you know, that's where people screw up. I think they try to get too cute and it's very hard when it comes to marketing to, to, to make things any more complicated. You need to, I mean, if you fix phones, I'll give you a little example. Of this is we have a phone place and it's called fruit fix it. I, I don't know what the hell they do. Is it, a, you know, is it a smoothie shop? They, they fix Apple phones. Well, why don't you just put, you know, Apple phone repair? Maybe you can't say Apple phone repair, just, you know, say what it is you do. And I, I think if you do that, you know, I think that sometimes we try to get really, really cute with our business names. And, and I just have always kept my names very simple. I always bragged in our tagline and, um, and that formula, you know, finding service companies where there's a high demand has really worked very well over the last 30 years. So service companies, high demand. I like it. Yeah. That sounds pretty darn good. Okay. Um, why do you think so many business owners don't get this? 
I think the biggest problem is, is that they, number one is the ego gets in the way. They try to get super, super cute. You know, they try to get really, really cute with it. And I just think that don't make marketing harder than it needs to be. When somebody hears your business, they should know what it is you do. Yeah, they should. It makes, you know, now that you're saying this, I go, our company's called E-Circle. It stands for Entrepreneur Circle. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, but, and, and our tagline should be something like, you know, the world's best, uh, you know, mastermind for entrepreneurs, something like that. Yeah, I think we do. I think people try to get, they really do try to get really cute. They overthink it. And I always say, if I hear your name and you have to tell me what it is you do, yeah. it's not a good name. Yeah. It's just in basic business. I'm a marketing guy. And I always say, you know, your tagline is, why not? Your tagline should sell your business for you. In other words, it should, example, you know, like Domino's, if you're going to do Domino's, you know, they, they push that, you know, pizza in 30 minutes or less for 20 years. That was amazing. Right. And then Nike, just do it. So I think that if you're going to, you know, just if I can educate the audience, I'm just going to give you advice from a guy who's made a lot of money on very boring companies. Say what it is, find something that's in high demand where, you know, if I'll tell you what high demand is. If you walked into a lunch crowd at a restaurant, 50% of the people would buy what you have. That's the kind of businesses I personally want that have a high demand. They want, I want, you know, I like plumbing. I like HVAC. I like clean a car. I like oil change. I like, you know, I want something where there's a demand because then all I have to do is be better than the competition. I just got to be better. The demand is there. What we try to do is we try to create a demand and we're not sure if it's there. That's hard to do. It is. So I prefer to find, you know, like if you look at hamburger companies, well, I don't know. Hardee's is still they're not going out of business. You got Wendy's. I mean, I'm like Hardee's is like five deep in the in that marketplace. And you keep going, look how many sandwich shops there are, like sub shops. You can it's easier to carve out something different than it is to create demand. So, you know, with that, you know, have a very direct name, have a have a, a you want a marketplace that is so filled with potential customers. The one thing you can't fix in a business is when nobody's interested in what it is you're selling. Yeah. So we, we try to do the both. We have a super cute name. We enter into a marketplace. It's hard to enter in. So we just make it. We wonder why we fail. I'm like, okay, let's try to like, if my life depended on a business, I would go into a business where I know 50% of the population want it. And I'm exaggerating in the amount, but you get the general idea. I, I want something where if I went to my kid's ball game, one of the people, one of the parents in my, of the group, the 10 kids playing baseball, whatever it is, one of them would buy what it is I have. I want something that's that on demand. That's me personally. I want a name that when they hear it, they're like, okay, I know exactly what he does. I want a tagline that makes them buy from me. Your tagline should either brag or promote one promise that if a customer heard what it is you do, they would chase you down for your business. Example, Zappos returns 365 days a year. I can tell you on my phone, I do not 
shop anywhere clothing before I start with Zappos. I don't care if it's Ralph Lauren. I, I, I don't care if it's Louis Vuitton. I mean, I don't care. Johnny Versace. I don't care who it is. Seriously. My first shop, I go to Amazon. I go to Zappos first. Why? Because I got a year to return it if I don't like it. They sold me, you know? So again, I, I think that we, we tend to just not do the basics really well in that we go into a marketplace that we're really not sure if there's a demand for it. A, we got a name that nobody knows what the heck we do. We get so cute with our tagline. Our tagline's like really cute with you and your family, but 90, the rest of the world has no idea what the heck it means. Your, your tagline should be selling for you. Because then you got to market to sit. Think about how much money you have to spend. Let's say that you're 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 a, a you know whatever you, you fix phones again, and the name of the phone. This shop, it's crazy. It drives me crazy. It, it's Fruit Fix It. Put Fruit Fix It, and then if we asked a hundred people what that business probably does, mm-hmm. how many of them honestly think it's fix an Apple phone? Right. Ninety percent of them would never guess it. Never. I'm like. If I say to you, our phone, our our name is Advantage Handyman Services. What do you think we do? The handyman company. Thank you. Our tagline is the leader in home repairs and projects. Reinforces what we do. It expands a little bit, home repairs and projects. So we do something a little larger. It gave the chance for the company to grow a little bit. that's just an example. I took that handyman company and listen to me. I have a plastic toolbox that I got when I got married. I don't, I do not know the difference between two screwdrivers. And when I say I've made a lot of money, I have made a lot, a lot, a lot of money with a handyman company that, you know, it's an eight figure company. Why? Because if you went into a restaurant and you asked 10 people, do you think you'll need a handyman in the next year? I will bet you 30% of them say, absolutely. So I just have to be better than all the small guys at Lowe's. I, think about it. I've got to compete with all the, you know, the 50 handymen with their little beat up trucks. Well, how do, I, how do I position myself better than them? Okay, really simple. I'm going to do background checks on everybody who works for me. I'm not going to send anybody into your home that I wouldn't put in mine. I just eliminated 75% of my competition. Because what's the biggest fear that the guy goes to work, his wife's at home, a handyman's coming over to do work day. He's never seen the guy. What's his, he's got his kids there. He can choose between 10 handymen. Would he rather have the one that he knows who's going in his house? I can trust that company. I, I'm just winging it here, but that's actually what I did with a handyman company. And I made millions of dollars with it. And I do that with any company I have. I own Gig Strategic, a digital marketing company. Okay, you can look it up. My partner's James in it. What do we do different? We work with small business owners and we get physically in front of them. We work with people that we can actually get in front of. Like we don't try to do everything online. You know, everybody wants to do everything online. They almost want to make it a SaaS. You know, everything like a software. I don't, I want the complete opposite. The greatest thing in the world is a human being. Yeah. So I sell inner, I sell talent. You know, really a handyman, I'm selling, I'm giving you a talented person that's able to do home repairs that you can't do there. Uh, detailing, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a human being who, who, has, who can make your car look great while you're at work. 
boom, digital marketing, you're a business owner, you don't understand how to market. I can send someone to your office or explain it in a Zoom call exactly what it is we do every month. We'll go over what we did last month, show you what worked, what didn't work, and what needs to change. I'm just giving you like how I've made a lot of money. And it ain't rocket science. I don't think anything I've said, you know, puts me up there with Elon Musk, but it's some pretty basic stuff and very good stuff. Yeah, it's spectacular, but it's absolutely spectacular. Um, I really like what you're saying here because, you know, it it makes the whole job of marketing easier. And what's the job of marketing? Well, the job of marketing is to make sales unnecessary, right? Make it as easy as possible. Why do we make resistance? Why do we create resistance? We do. We do with our marketing. We create resistance because we have, we, we just, our name's difficult. Our tagline's difficult. Um, and we don't understand how to market. We don't know what a target customer is. So I you like know, all this like, stuff. Yeah. So how would you apply this to the world of coaching, consulting, expert-driven services, right? Because yeah. most people will use their own name. Yeah. Like Nikki, Nikki Billu Coaching. Yeah. Or in yeah. my case, the tagline with eCircle Academy. And that was cute. It was short for yeah. Entrepreneur Circle. It doesn't yeah. tell people what we do now. Entrepreneur Circle kind of does, but it can be yeah. better. Yeah. Okay. Like I'll give you an example. We did, we haven't launched it yet. So I'm, nobody has to, I'm not throwing anything out there where I'm competing anybody, but ours was called Tribe of Entrepreneurs. You know exactly what we do. I mean, in our mastermind. Now I've sh- I don't have it. I haven't launched it yet. Okay. But it's sitting on the shelf. But when I came up with the name Tribe of Entrepreneurs, it's a group of entrepreneurs. You know exactly, it's a group of us. Now I'll use the tagline to to break into the specificity of it if I want to. You know, example, scaling your business one zero. Maybe that's our value proposition. We're going to scale your business one additional zero. And again, I had no idea you were asking me these questions. So I'm just really going I'm just, but that's what I would do if I was a coach. If I was a coach, think about it for a second. What, what is it I'm set? Who's my person I'm selling to? And what is the number one problem they have? Well, if I'm a business coach, I can tell you the number one problem people are having. They want to grow their business. They want to grow their business. Your, and that's making more money. So if you told your clients, hey, listen, I'll scale your business one additional zero. You think they'd be interested in hiring you? Absolutely. Now you got to figure out how you're going to fulfill it. You got to back it up. But the point is still the same. Make, this is my, you know, this is why I do the weekend MBA, (laughs) why I founded it. This will change your audience's life if they just buy into this one statement and you will too. What is the one promise that if you could make and deliver on, your customers would chase you down for your business? And that's where you need to get alone and think about. Think about it. Southwest Airlines said, we're going to give you, we're going to basically, you know, make our flights cheaper than everybody. Okay, don't get me wrong. You're never going to eat anything. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, it's different, but that was their value proposition at the time. Cheap, quick flights. Okay, it worked. I mean, that that worked for them. Uh, You know, Amazon, you'll get anything. If you go to our site, you can find anything in the world. And we'll get it to you probably by the time you wake up tomorrow morning. Isn't that what we all think about Amazon? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now they have a tagline. Like I've seen their logo and they don't even have a tagline, but they've beat into our consciousness through what they've done is that Amazon, we probably sell everything and we can probably get it to you faster than anybody. 
FedEx, think about it. This is the perfect example. FedEx, you know, blows me away. We will give you a package within 24 hours. We'll, we'll get, we can deliver a package anywhere in the world. This is in the early 1980s. We'll get a package, a letter, anywhere in the world delivered. That is the most, I believe that is one of the most audacious promises next to Elon Musk and everybody talking about bringing people to Mars. But second to putting people on Mars, I would argue that FedEx had the biggest value proposition ever introduced in business. We're gonna take this letter in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're gonna get it delivered to Tel Aviv in 24 hours. How they figured that out, it's the greatest logistical company in the history of the planet. But they, he, you know, he found the, an extraordinary value proposition. Remember, you had UPS at the time. You had U.S. Postal Service. Well, UPS will get you a package, but it's probably two to three days. You, you, you know, the, the Postal Service will get it there at some point. FedEx said, well, what if we can get it there overnight? They, it completely separated them from DHL and everybody. Else. We all know why you hire FedEx. You hire FedEx when you need something immediately. It needs, you know, you need to send a contract overnight, whatever it is, it has to be there overnight. Now you think about it, they completely separated themselves from the shipping market with that one promise. That was a ridiculous, unbelievable promise. Think about Domino's Pizza. You know, if we remember in the 1980s and early 90s, everybody delivered pizza. Johnny's Pizza. Everybody had, you know, a couple of teenagers and everybody had like a Ford Escort and they're running pizzas everywhere. Domino's said, what if we can get you a hot pizza in under 30 minutes? Change the game. Change the game. Domino's is where they're at now because of that 20 years of feasting on that ability to do that. So I say to any business owner, you know, you can, the problem is, is that we come out with a, a, a good value proposition. It's okay. But what's a great value proposition? What is a promise that's so incredible that if our customers heard it, they would chase us down? I'm going to go back to the handyman company. This is what I did. Okay. What if you called our office and you actually spoke to a human being? Back then, you know, in the early, everybody went to, everything went to them answering services. Remember that? Every, answering services were huge. Or it went to an answering machine even. So we said, when you call our office, you're actually going to speak with somebody. So I'm going to pay to have somebody physically in the office. Nobody did that at the time. Number two is I'm going to, I hired all handymen with a minimum of 10 years experience that we did a background check on. We would give you a written estimate. When we started your job, we would not, we would not leave your job until we finished and that we come back the next day. The biggest problem with contractors are they start stuff and never finish. Yep. hundred percent. Right. So I just sat down as a, as, as a consumer, and I said, okay, what if I could, A, you called, you'd speak with a knowledgeable person who would schedule the estimate when you called. You're actually going to speak with somebody. We'd give you a written estimate and we'd honor it. We'd send somebody to your house with a minimum of 10 years of experience that you could trust was in your house and they would not stop your job until they finished it. They'd come back every day until it was done and we'd honor the price we originally gave. What if we could do those four things? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've made millions of dollars off of a very simple business that I didn't know anything about that I still don't know anything about, but I know what customers want because I know what I wanted. And I have rinsed and repeated that formula for the last 20 years. We're learning a lot here, Sean. This is really good stuff. I mean, um, 
you know, when you talked about tribe of entrepreneurs, I thought that was great. Scale your business by one zero. I thought that was great. Honestly, any, any coach can do some variation of this yeah. for themselves. You know, um, I think it's great, man. I think now you know why they pay me the big money and your audience gets to me for free. Now I'm, pa- I'm passionate about this. I'm addicted to entrepreneurship. Like what you said next to faith, I'm a faith-based guy audience. Let me tell you, Amen. next to faith and what happens in that relationship, entrepreneurship is second. Why? Because entrepreneurship funds every mission that a pastor is excited about. It's the entrepreneurs in the church that pony up the money. All those buildings at the universities, all those stadiums, they're named after entrepreneurs. You line up every stadium that has a name on it, they're entrepreneurs. You know, 90% of the time. So, I mean, we, we, we create all the jobs. We create the change. Everything is an on, entrepreneur. I always say everybody keeps talking about climate change. It'll never happen through a government. It'll happen. An entrepreneur will mark my words, and I hope I live to see it. It'll be an entrepreneur that creates the, a, 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 a seismic change. And we have with the electric car and fairness, we're moving in the direction of, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of everything that that's out there, but my point is it's still an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs change the world. They, they do. They sit around and they try, they improve something and they're motivated because of capitalism. Yeah. Number, my third favorite thing, I go faith, entrepreneurship and capitalism, the ability to you know make money because you took action on something. And that's amazing. I love it. I'm addicted. So I tell you something, Sean, this uh, has been a fantastic conversation. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I want to bring you uh, back uh, to have more of these types of discussions with us. And um, I want to bring you um, have a conversation about all this for, for my men's show as well, because I think I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's going to be really, really great. Um, You know, there's something I want to say, uh, before we wrap up entrepreneurs are society's greatest heroes. Everything good happens because an entrepreneur had a a dream, had the courage to go after it and will not quit, will not quit. And the reason I do what I do is I want to serve entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are the greatest human beings on the planet. From my perspective, my dad was an entrepreneur. He's the greatest, greatest human being I ever knew. Everything good that happened in, in and around me had in its root, my father's love, for people and his desire to make a difference. And I believe very much in, you know, men like you uh, and women like, um, you know, my beautiful lady, who's an entrepreneur. You are the folks who make every good thing in the world happen. But the last comment I want to make before we wrap up is that what you said today about marketing and about really understanding what people's pain points are and where is there already demand demand exists where pain exists demand exists where pain exists and if you understand what people's pain is then you want to create offerings and business and, and businesses uh and programs and products that address those those pains and if you do that and you've got really really good uh messaging you're in great shape like you've taught me a ton about messaging you know, I mean, I, I like what you shared. I'm gonna, I'm gonna R and D it, rip off and duplicate, as they say. There you you got to go after something for which there's high demand. You got to be better than the competition. Your name's got to say what you do, and I, I know I can definitely get better at yeah. that. Yeah. And your tagline has got to brag about 
what you do and make a big, bold promise to people. You do that, your marketing job becomes easier. Doesn't mean that that'll market you by itself. You still got to market. You still got to get out there, but this will just make your job easier. I really appreciate what you've shared with us today, Sean. This is primo grade A stuff, man. Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. So, so Sean, um, people want to find out more about you. People want to engage with you, your content. Mm. What's the best way? Yeah. If you go listen to the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast, this is where you get stuff like I just shared every week. Cause I'm always throwing out something that's quick, but you can use, and, and that'll always help you. If you go to seancastrina.com, you get a free book, the eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. And, you know, follow me on Instagram. I'm always dropping something that I think could be ha- positive. I'm not the best at social media, but my stuff's genuine. And so, yeah, I would say go to seancastrina.com and listen to the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. People that listen to one podcast are typically listening to five of them. At least. Yeah. That's actually yeah. what we found as well. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, I've been a guest on your show. Now you've been a yes. guest online. Yeah. This is going to be great. We'll, we'll, we'll get back on each other's shows. I think this is fantastic. So listener, Sean Castrina is a real deal. What he has to share about how to market is on point. This is a man who understands marketing really, really well. What he's taught you today uh, is fantastic stuff. I say, take advantage of it. Go to his website, seancastrina.com. Check out his podcast and, um, you know, if you enjoyed this, then here's what I want you to do. If there's a friend of yours that needs to hear this message, share the, share the episode, share the episode. This is a fantastic podcast. We bring you world-class guests and you know what? Make sure that good people who need what these people have to offer people like Sean get to hear it. Cause I bet you, you got a friend who's making all these mistakes that Sean talked about and You can help that person avoid making those mistakes any longer just by having them listen to this episode. So do yourself a favor and do that. All right. Sean Castrina, man, brother from another mother. I appreciate it. Rock and roll, baby. Great to have you here, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Yeah, you bet. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's guest, the one and only Sean Castrina. Go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Google Play. It'll be in those show notes wherever you listen to this podcast. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.